Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?! Eight I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. If you are just tuning in, you missed a great first hour. We talked with Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills. Talked about the new Prime line. If you're really looking for some type of capacity, the Big Pig is also available at six grand. A lot of new features on this version of 2019, too, for the Big Pig, but the Prime was the majority of the conversation talking about why the 12 volt power adapter is being put in place on all their cookers going forward, what that means in motor control, and ultimately what that saves you in pellet consumption. That's real live ROI that you can extrapolate out. Jason, I don't know if you're listening, but, you know, a, a brother wouldn't mind a new prime grill. Uh-oh. Just saying. You know what I hate when people ask for something and go, just saying. Don't do that. Self, stop doing that. I'm going to listen to that back tomorrow and I'm going to hate myself for doing that, but sometimes it just happens in the moment. You just say stupid stuff which you could take back. What I meant to say was, Jason, if you're still listening, a brother wouldn't mind a new prime grill. That's what I meant to say. We also talked with Matt Eads, the grill seeker, about the new book, and we also spent a little bit more time talking about sous vide. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Instant uh, instant poll in the instant chat on YouTube. Do you love or do you hate sous vide? I made a Facebook post of a steak that I had put a sear on after it came out of the sous vide bath. Many people were joining the sous vide movement in kind of a, uh, you know, in some form or fashion, they were proponents or fans to some degree. But then I had other ones. Oh, Rempy, uh, nothing says man like boiled steak. You know that's coming. In my humble opinion, doesn't take much to drop meat and water and have everything be taken care of you. That's my humble opinion. You're no man. I know. I've never been accused of being a man. Backyard Barbecue Show. Greg, how's that Lang working? Honestly, it hasn't been working too hard over the winter because I'm not going to stand outside and throw sticks. Also, my wood pile is very slim. I got to launch my call over to Cosell Farms on the west side and have them bring me a dump truck load of all cherry wood. I've really become a fan of cherry wood in the Lang. And I'm really looking forward to trying a whole new... 
Kinger, you will love this because I know you were trying to backdoor me on how much I don't use my Lang. I get it. But I do use it. But not right now because it's cold and windy and rainy. But when I get my new wood supply, there's a whole new fire building technique that I've been talking with top men about secretly that could change my life. Does it mean I'm going to use it more or less than I do now? Eh. The stick burner is great to have. Does it really fit my lifestyle all the time in this particular station in life? Not too much. Kids still active. One's getting ready to go to college and play a sport. So we'll be probably trying to see a lot of that over the weekends that they're around. Middle one is uh, doing her thing. Little one is also into sports. and Softball through this summer. So once again, summer of brisket is screwed. Unless I just don't go. This is the last year of softball. Maybe I just don't go. Maybe I'm the bag dad. <laughs> bag dad. Maybe I'm the bag dad that decides that this is your last year. You've said it's your last year. I, I'm not even going to invest in it. I'm going to do summer of brisket 2019 because I didn't get to do summer of brisket 2018. Maybe that's what I should do. But we'll see how it goes. I, I, I want to use it more. And now with this potentially new fire building technique in the firebox of the Lang. Very excited to get it going and seeing if it actually works out. We'll see. Stay tuned. I will keep you regularly updated. Follow me socially. You will be regularly updated on everything that I cook at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and the Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, which is where you also might be watching this video feed. I have not put in the books the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, so I can't promo that specifically. But it's going to be good because John Solberg already has it locked and loaded. I just don't have what I have coming up on Friday, but it will be there as it always is. Also, don't forget to follow me and watch me and, well, not watch, but listen to me on the John Cupo show. Every Friday, I make an appearance at a local Willoughby radio station here in Cleveland. 1330 AM and 101.5 FM simulcast. If you're not anywhere near there, WINTradio.com. That's the easiest way. Programming note. And Kanger, you will especially like this. Uh, where? Uh, here we go. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. I believe for a programming note coming up on WINT, the John Cupo Show, this Friday, John has booked Maddie and Kiki. Who, as we will find out next segment, might be the pair that have coined the term and or phrase barbecue entertainer. John will be interviewing Maddie and Kiki of Instagram fame on, uh, and uh, they have a website. They're starting to do cooking classes. Kinger, do you know Maddie and Kiki? They're from Canada. I would assume you know them. They're in the live fire space. You were or are in the live fire space. You know Maddie and Kiki, right? They're Ontario people. It seems that the lion's share of live fire authority in Canada, comes from that Ontario area. Diva Q was once from Ontario. Well, I think she still 
is from is from she lives in Florida now, but from Ontario, Barry, Ontario. Ted Reader is Ontario, Maddie and Kiki, Ontario. That's quite a run of live fire people there. Kinger is probably around Ontario. It's debatable though. Kinger could be French Canadian, which we frown yeah, upon on the show. Ontarable is huge. Oh, Ontario. I mean, we'll see. Maddie and Kiki. That's John Cooper's show. So WINT Radio for everybody that doesn't live locally in Willoughby or 15 miles around. I believe the pro or the 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 turn up is going to happen as well soon. So you can get out almost an hour and a half or so in any direction. Kinger, you might be able to get me on the airwaves. I go in around 7.30, stay for about an hour, hour and a half, depending on what I have going on in my real life. But the Maddie and Kiki interview should be like 8.10 in the morning Eastern. Kinger said he's never heard of him, but he doesn't go online much. You don't? You're just on YouTube, right, Kinger? Just a YouTube guy? Competition Barbecue Mention, I want to congratulate Operation Barbecue Relief on winning the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this past weekend. Next segment, I will immediately go to our Texas correspondent, Doug, to see who did the cooking, but nonetheless, great exposure for Operation Barbecue Relief, one of the best organizations out there when it comes to helping people in natural disasters, and one of the organizations that you should be donating to if you don't, or if you have, do it again. Donate to OBR. Well done. Also, Barbecue Hall of Fame update. Uh-oh. I have been getting a lot of email asking me about the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame stuff. If you go to the Barbecue Hall of Fame website, barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuehalloffame.com, there is a small tab called nominations. If you click that, it will take you to a page that appears to be tragically out of date basically telling you that the 2018 nominations are closed. Well, that's great, except it's 2019. Uh So if you click on the nominations link in the picture of that weird-looking rack of ribs, which is the trophy for the Hall of Famers, that will actually take you to the 2019 ballot. That is open. In fact, you have until April 14th to get your nominations in. I mean, look, it's no surprise that there were only 25 unique names last year, and there will probably be fewer this year because if you go to that page, it's not even updated. And if you don't get into the weeds to see that the new form is up, you'll miss it all together. Hey, Barbecue Hall of Fame, get it together! Here's my call to action. Don't get me into the Hall of Fame this year. Get John Marcus into the hall this year. Let's all band together. Get him in. He fits a bunch of different criteria. He's grown the industry single-handedly. He competes. He's a celebrity, whatever that means to you. He's an Emmy award-winning writer. He writes musicals and plays. I don't see how this guy isn't already in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, so let's do the right thing and get him in as a collective. But you have to wade through the buck and mire of the outdated nominations portion of the website. Again, let's do the right thing. Let's get him in. Do not nominate me. Nominate John Marcus. Let's show our power here. 
All right, let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations, famous for the original beef sausage, which is coarse ground and a natural pork casing, and our authentic Central Texas barbecue meats. All meats, including the prime briskets, smoked low and slow for many hours over Texas real oak, uh, over Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store and southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. Mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customers. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. The on-site meat markets are for fresh and smoked products, but custom orders are welcome. They have two restaurants that you can eat in, Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. 10% off coupon right now. If you go to southsidemarket.com, order up all the food, the barbecue meats, the sausages, all that stuff. When you're getting ready to check out, use code BBQ Central, lowercase, BBQ Central. Get 10% off the entire online order at southsidemarket.com. Saving money. I love it. You love it. Embedded correspondents are coming up for the remainder of the hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Show, giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. There are still a few spots left to be a part of this year's Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks program. But don't delay. Head on over to the website, smokingwithsmithfield.com. That's S-M-O-K-I-N, smokingwithsmithfield.com. And take one of those last spots of the Smithfield Committed Cooks program. Also, don't forget to sign up for the National Barbecue Championship that's sponsored by Smithfield. Again, the same website, smokingwithsmithfield.com, for all the details. The fourth Tuesday of the month brings, you know it, you love it, on this show, we call it the Embedded Correspondence Segment. With the likes of Doug Shiding, Steve Ray, David Huff, and John Solberg from various states across this great land of ours. Gentlemen, appreciate you making time as always. And we have a good handful of topics that we're going to be talking about here this evening. And the first one, it, well, uh, actually, let me back out of uh, the first topic here. Go right to the oldest and highest-ranking uh, embedded correspondent official, Doug Shiding, out of Texas. Uh, you were at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this past weekend, Doug, uh, competing. I think you won best all-around, best-looking guy and uh, site. Uh, but from a com- competition perspective and who won, 
which is Operation Barbecue Relief. How does it all like shake out, and and can we can we give credit to the Operation Barbecue Relief folks that we know as far as cooking the winning stuff? Yeah, I mean, they, they were Texas cooks, uh, Joey Smith, uh, Paul Carnell, uh, Johnny Dunn. So it's the the Texas contingency of the Operation Barbecue Relief. So um, it, it was good. You know, they did a lot for the city of Houston. So, you know, it's it's like if a, a disaster happens, you need to bet on the local team, just like, you know, the Red Sox winning and Yankees after uh, 9-11 and, and things like that. But um, um, they were very excited. Joey uh, Smith has been, actually been on a hot streak, and they uh, finaled in in both uh, ribs and brisket. So it wasn't uh, a huge surprise that uh, that they did win, um, just as long as they didn't tank in in chicken. Is it a? I mean, is it is it an upset? Not upset in a in a. In a is it a surprise that Operation Barbecue Relief wins this, or is the caliber of cook one that should be contending? Yeah, they. I mean, I. I maybe it was a little bit of a surprise, but, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, people like, uh, Dave Bosca and, you know, Darren Worth finish, uh, you know, almost near a hundred, et cetera. So the, the results were kind of crazy this year to a certain extent. What was your overall take of Houston livestock this year? It was crazier than ever. Really? It, uh, yeah, it rained on, uh, uh, some on Thursday and our particular tent, the fire marshal was shut. was trying to shut it down because we had, 300 people over our occupancy in the tent. Oh, we had almost 1,000 people. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was it was crazy. You know, like on Friday night, they were expecting 170,000 people on on what? site. And, yeah, and Saturday night, it uh, they were expecting over 200,000. Your cell phone doesn't work because there's so many people in one spot that the, the cell towers can't handle the all uh, all the cell traffic. Wow. Now, one no, one note of uh, kind of a, a sad news is that uh, actually there was a gentleman that died uh, on site um, on Saturday morning. So he died of a heart attack. He actually refused treatment twice when he was having chest pains, and then they uh, found him dead the next morning. Really? Yeah. Great news. Thanks, Doug. I know. Hey, I'm, I'm reporting the, the the news. It was it was pretty tragic. No doubt. Hey, it's that party. <laughs> uh, all right. So, well, let me quickly go around the the day is here, Steve. Uh, if you could get down there, would you like to experience Houston livestock and rodeo, or would you pass? Uh, I'd like to cook it. I probably if I, if I wasn't cooking it, I probably wouldn't go. David, sounds like too crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Are you on the road again, David? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> What's what? I, you're, you're not even moving. I am moving. Oh, there you are. Okay, you weren't. You didn't. For some reason, didn't move that time. All right. Where Where are I'm, you this I'm time? Down here with Doug. I'm in the great state of Texas again, in in Amarillo. All right. Uh, and John, will you want to go to Houston Livestock and Roadie? If I could cook it, but it looks a lot like Mardi Gras to me from everything I've seen on social media. Hmm. Uh, I don't have any interest in cooking it, but I guess I would just like to go and hang out. But, you know, what can I tell you? I'm a, I'm a party girl, like Robin said last week. I'm a party girl. All right, so let's get into the first subject of this evening here, guys. A couple weeks ago, there was a term that we were throwing around in our daily chat on Facebook Messenger that everybody else can't be a part of, but they want to be. 
And I said, hey, I've, I just saw this term or I just heard this term from these two ladies who are actually going to be interviewing Friday on the John Cupo show here locally in Cleveland. And they call themselves barbecue entertainers. And so I pitched it to the group. I said, is this a term that you've ever heard? Are we laughing at this? Are we jealous of this? And then the more and more we started to talk about it, we started generating lists and who should be a barbecue entertainer and is it offensive? Is it not? Is it put down if you're lumped in? And the conversation over the internet ensued and I said, wow, this would be a great question to start our embedded correspondence with in the month of February. So let's go ahead and start out with this term, barbecue entertainers. So many barbecue personalities are out there right now that barbecue has become an entertainment industry as well as a culinary art. So who has the barbecue talent and who are the barbecue entertainers and who are those who entertain with barbecue? Steve, you first. Okay. You know, when I first heard this, I you, you, I was so excited, and I still am. The barbecue <laughs> entertainer, I never, I, that's a word that never never hit me. And right. When you, when you mentioned it, bam, right in the forehead. And I'm going to tell you what a, a barbecue entertainer is. And, Doug, pay attention because I know you've struggled with this all week. First, he or she has skills, and I mean a deep background of skills. Somewhere there has to be a daddy, a mama, a grandpa, or uncle, somewhere in the background, and a story that starts, I couldn't see over the firebox, but I remember my grandpa throwing a log after log inside that firebox, and I thought that's where Beelzebub himself lived. And second, a barbecue entertainer has to make us feel good and want to fire up our own pit. All right. Just like Tiger Woods wants us to play golf and do all the other stuff. And because barbecue transcends all other culinary mantras, because barbecue is the one thing we have in common with our neighbors, and because barbecue invokes and provokes like no other food group, <laughs> that is why it lends a hand to those who want to entertain with barbecue as a backdrop. The barbecue entertainment industry, in some respect, industry. John and David, is stronger than barbecue itself. With that being said, hmm. here are your top five barbecue entertainers in the United States. Top five. Oh, can't wait. Number five, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Do you have a two-story character of your face on the side of a restaurant? Nope. I don't think so. Is your picture in every Ace Hardware with a big green egg inside? No. Wish. You're in a, were you an original barbecue competitor on All-Star Barbecue Showdown and Barbecue Championship Series out wow. on Versus on DVD? Wow, look at there. you. I don't think you were, Scooter. Number four, Myron Mixon. Are you the most recognizable face in competition barbecue? Did you take an arrogant persona and become the face of the barbecue pitmasters? Are you the most interviewed man in all topics barbecue? Do you sell out 10 cooking schools a year at 750 bucks a pop and one for 1500 bucks a pop? Myron Mixon does. Number three is Melissa Cookston. Anyone lining up at your restaurant? And can you sport an apron with a pig on the front in the afternoon and then give an interview 
in an evening gown at night and look equally good in both? I don't think so. Number two. Now, Greg, you're going to, you're going to be surprised at this one. All right. Sterling ball. Really? Desperately trying to change competition barbecue to include God forbid an audience. Mm. Are you providing hands-on exhibitions by comp by competitors at contests that you promote? Can you talk about a brisket and Jimi Hendrix in the same paragraph? <laughs> and are you a lightning rod for praise and criticism wherever you speak? Sterling Ball certainly is. But the number one. Barbecue entertainer in the United States today is none other than the big guy of whiskey bent barbecue, Chad Ward. Chad started barbecue. <laughs> no way. Store, never once passing the opportunity to talk barbecue with anyone who asked. He sold at the same time, cooked in contests. Then he appeared on local radio stations in Central Florida, local television, then the Food Network, then on network television, all the while talking barbecue and live fire cooking. He didn't promote air fryers and sous vide. Just fire. <laughs> he is so good at it that major manufacturers seek out his advice and expertise. And then to top it off, the man who invented sports journalism entertainment, Dan Patrick, tapped him on the shoulder, teamed up with Chad, and made him the barbecue pitmaster of the Dan Patrick show. More people see Chad in the afternoon on TV than watch the first moon landing. He is the <laughs> most entertaining barbecue personality in the United States right now, Chad Ward. Wow. Well done, Steve. That? I mean, we could argue probably one through three until the rest of the show, but we won't do that because we want to give everybody else a turn. David, uh, what are you thinking about Barbecue Entertainer? Uh, first, I think, Steve, what a great take. You put a lot of work into that. It sounded great. Absolutely respect that. My take, who cares? Uh -oh. We don't need a Barbecue Entertainer. We don't need... If you love barbecue, the internet allows you to put your passion out there and share it with people. We don't know. I mean, we know Malcolm Reed has trophies. He's the real deal. He's got chops. But I doubt there's anybody out there that's entertaining with barbecue that doesn't at least know what they're doing or know how to cook or have friends and family that tell them they do a great job. I don't know that you can really put a title on somebody, a barbecue entertainer, just Enjoy what you do. Go out and share it with people. Can you not title yourself Barbecue Entertainer if you want to? Sure, I guess. But how do you really distinguish who it's like Pitmaster? I can call myself Pitmaster all I want to, but who knows if I really know how to run a pit? I might be doing it on the internet, but if no one's ever tried my food or I don't have a bunch of trophies, who knows if that's true or not? All right, John, your take on Barbecue Entertainer. Uh, Steve is always a tough act to follow. So I kind of tell you about this totally different approach. Mm. I looked at what's an entertainer. Well, an entertainer is someone that entertains. What is the definition of entertain? It is someone that provides amusement or enjoyment. At the end of the day, then I go to, is, are they a barbecue entertainer? Or do they entertain with barbecue? 
well, what is the difference there? What's the semantic difference? It's the same thing. So if Greg, you, for an example, you're an entertainer, you call yourself a host, but you're an entertainer. You provide me entertainment. Do you entertain with barbecue? Yes. Are you a barbecue entertainer? It's the same thing. Am I missing something here? Doug? Doug? <laughs> Doug? Yeah. Oh, I, there you are. <laughs> I, yes. Hello, hello. Hello. Great take. Great take, uh, Steve. Uh, Chad Ward, he is a barbecue entertainer. And uh, David, I totally agree with you. There are some people that, out there that have 100,000 followers and they can barely cook barbecue. And I've seen this in, in, in person. Um, John, I also agree with you in terms of changing the definition a little bit. I took it in terms of not necessarily a barbecue entertainer, someone that entertains barbecue. That's what I think I am from the standpoint of I want people to entertain me. So um, in terms of, you know, video people, um, Diva Q and Sam Zion are, are probably 1A and 1B. Uh, to, to your point, Greg, in terms of what she calls herself a media personality. So uh, it's, if that's, you know, somewhat uh, similar to a barbecue entertainer. Um, early on in your show, Greg, you had... Fred Bernardo yes. and Tasty Licks barbecue yes. team. Right. I actually started watching some of his videos early on, and he was very entertaining, if, yeah. if you recall him. So um, obviously we've got Meathead who does uh, – I don't really watch many of the videos. Um, from a technical standpoint, I do watch the NBBQ uh, L, the National Barbecue League. I do watch some of those videos because they uh, – um, I do learn a few th things from them. Now, from a TV perspective, who are the the, the entertainer people that uh, entertain barbecue people? Obviously, Bobby Flay. I mean, Bobby Flay does entertain me. His uh, beat Bobby Flay, I love to watch that. Um, Michael Simon, Alton Brown. Um, I even I've come to love Roger Moody to a certain degree. All right, Doug, I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off, Doug. Your internet connection absolutely blows. You're well behind. You're cutting out. You're Darth Vadering. I'm I'm just about ready to blow my top because this is a great thing, and you're fucking it all up, and I've had enough. So can you hang up and call back in, please? Hang back up and call back in. Let's see if we can reconnect here. Put the jetpack on for crying out loud. We got okay. really important things to talk about. All right, all right. Jeez. And I'm the one in the yeah, hotel. Yeah, Come yeah. on. You, you, well, guess what, David? You kind of sound like shit. So let's not get all on the fence. All right, here we go. Wait, we can't sound worse than Sterling did last week. Oh, uh, Sterling just sounds bad, and he uses a phone. That's her. All right. He's the third. What? Let me what's his rating, Steve? Two. He's he's the second most popular guy uh, in uh, what is he? Is. He's the second most influential. He's the second most barbecue entertainer or person ever. Where did Doug go? Did Doug just quit the show? Did he just leave? Yes. I just told him to hang up and call back. He retired live. God, way to go! That's a walk off shot right there. Hold on, let me put myself up in Doug's background. He here, went off to turn just... the rotor on the antenna, pointed toward town. Got it. Here, here I am, everybody. I'm over here in Doug's spot. I'll just take him for now. I can do that. If you guys need to step out and take a piss or something, I'll just go ahead and stick myself right in your square here. All right. Well, I mean, I guess Doug is going to come back at some point. Um, 
I will weigh in. You know, I the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I think that there is this really weird thing. Oh, wait, here he comes back. Oh, oh, shit. Now I'm moving the whole damn thing around. Sorry, Doug. Hold on. Let me sorry, move, my let, fault. Let me move myself out of the out of the way there. So, all right, go uh, continue. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I've grown to like Roger Mooking from Manfire Food, but it's more about the unique settings that he does, different types of grills, things like that. And on Barbecue Pitmasters, Michael character is one he he could hardly cook worth the darn, or at least it seems so on the show on the show. But uh, you know he could hit a golf ball into the lake. But uh, other than that, uh, he was he was a inter- someone that entertained barbecue cookers. Was he a golfer? Yeah, at that one contest, that he pulled out the golf club and started hitting golf balls into the lake because he thought he could hit it over the lake. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, hmm. Steve, do you remember that? You're a historian oh, yeah. of uh, barbecue well, television. No, well, huh. all right. No, that, that that was on the barbecue pit wars. Got it. All right, season, so uh, season one. Here's my take Last on. Episode. Barbecue entertainer, you know that. So I here's the genesis of the term. I was watching Maddie and Kiki, and they were outside wherever they are at in Canada, and they were on the street. It was like man on the street, but in their case, women on the street, and they were like giving out free turkeys or free chickens, like random acts of barbecue kindness or whatever they do once a week with these big laundry type baskets. And they were introducing themselves to the randos on the street that they were stopping as, hey, uh, I'm Maddie, this is Kiki, we're barbecue entertainers. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that term. I said, well, what the hell is barbecue entertainer? So I started watching, I started digging back through, and I thought to myself, well, can we put a definition on barbecue? Since we didn't coin the phrase, I'm going to go ahead and say that Maddie and Kiki have coined the phrase barbecue entertainer. Unless somebody can sit here and tell me any different, I'm going to live underneath a rock and say that these two Canadians have coined the phrase barbecue entertainer and we'll just start from there. So then I said, well, let's define barbecue entertainer. And more importantly, since it's coming from them on definition, what is their skill set? Have they accomplished something of note? Should I know who they are? If I wasn't on Instagram, and I still did this show, and I had no social media presence whatsoever, would I know that? Uh, The answer is a resounding no. Uh, I don't live in Canada. I'm not around that particular area, so I would have to factor that I would not know who they are. But I know a lot of these other people that I would assume are entertainers and and kind of have barbecue stuff. So that was kind of the, the genesis of why I wanted to have this conversation. But the more I wanted to make my own list... so. They're tops of my list since they're the folks that I'm going to go ahead and say created this term, Maddie and Keek. But then you have other folks. So, for instance, would you agree or disagree and just uh, raise your hand if you agree that Michael McDearman is a barbecue entertainer? Agree or disagree? Okay, so uh, everybody disagrees. Steve no, agrees. agrees. Steve agree. agrees that McDermott one, is a, a barbecue entertainer. All right. Uh, so, like Doug and and David and John, you would just put him in as a as a normal live fire guy. I put him as an MC of an event, at best. He's an MC. Okay. Uh, then on my list, I, I had. I, go ahead. I, I put him in as a marketer. He's marketer. a good marketer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
I agree with that. Uh, but that can bleed over into entertaining, correct? Marketing, entertaining, no? Some people I don't find him very entertaining, no. I think he's a good marketer, though. Okay. Then I have this guy. I don't know if you remember him. So this would be on season two of Barbecue Pitmasters. Not season one, but season two. Kevin Roberts. Do you remember Kevin Roberts? Uh, he was the host when they turned Barbecue Pitmasters into that terrible chopped version of uh, Barbecue Pitmasters. He's the one that coined the phrase, good smoking luck, that everybody loves to say now and uh, continue to pander fun at this guy. Uh, Kevin Roberts, to me, would be in that bill of barbecue entertainer. For instance, promoting the show, Barbecue Pitmasters, he was on the Today Show and willingly let fly out of his pie hole that he boils his ribs. Set it on national television. I boil boil these ribs for about a half an hour to get them going. That's Kevin Roberts. Now, here's where it gets a little dicey. How about John Marcus? Is John Marcus a barbecue entertainer? He is providing an incredible amount of entertainment that is sewn around barbecue. He's done movies about the troops overseas, barbecue or the kings of barbecue, barbecue Kuwait, that is focusing on troop relations, but is also exposing, at the time, the best barbecue pit masters that we kind of knew about and making a film about tying it all into barbecue. How about Mo Kaysan? Is he a barbecue entertainer? I would say he's a barbecue entertainer. What about Myron Mixon? Steve already agrees uh, that Myron Mixon is a barbecue entertainer. I would say, what about Chris Lilly? Is Chris Lilly a barbecue entertainer? Do people not want to put him in there because he's won 57,000 Memphis and Mays? He's also won uh, a bunch of different sanctioning bodies. But remember, he has hosted barbecue television shows, really bad ones that were on the Food Network where famous Dave broke his stick trying to run to the refrigerated food cart like all the rest of those maniacs in that show. And that was a horrible show. He hosted that show. He hosted the very first Kingsford Invitational in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. He was the host of that. So I would say, if we're going on this definition, barbecue entertainer. And what about all those guys in the National Barbecue League? Barbecue entertainers, videos, how-tos, showing themselves get shit-faced at contests, doing all this exposure work. That's entertainment. You can watch them. You can follow them. That's probably entertainment, too. It's a really hard term to define, so let's quickly race around the room. Steve, as well as you did and as well-crafted as your take was, should we immediately eliminate barbecue entertainer from the lexicon of America, yes or no? No, because I said it in my in my rant, Greg. I said barbecue entertainment is becoming bigger than barbecue itself. It, it, it's part of it's part of what we do. We, we cook, we learn to cook, and then we for some reason, we want to spread the word. And, and the four of us, the five of us are barbecue entertainers to some extent. It's, a, it's, it's part of the it's part of the aura of barbecue for some reason. It's, it's, it's in our blood that we want to spread it and, and it's a good thing no matter if you're good at it or bad at it. I think it's a great thing. David, eliminate. Or keep barbecue entertainer. Eliminate. Eliminate. It, it, it can't be. It can't be clearly defined. So what good is it? John, eliminate or keep. Keep it because it can be clearly defined. And Maddie and Kiki own it in my mind. So 
And it, it, it can be defined. There's a dictionary. We can define it. They own it. If nothing else, they deserve the right. They brought it. And I can't wait till Friday to find out their take on it. Doug, uh, keep or leave Barbecue Entertainer? Yeah, I was almost convinced uh, to keep it, but I'm still with my original uh, premise. <laughs> eliminate it. It's people that entertain barbecuers, which I think is better. All right. Uh, I say eliminate as well. I don't like it. I think it's a weird term. I don't really get it. I don't know why it was even made up. But as John said, we will do our best to get to the bottom of it this coming Friday on WINT as I rejoin the John Cupo show as a guest. All right. Uh, you guys hang out for a second. I went way over on my barbecue entertainer segment thing. Hang out. I'll get back to you. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. In case you missed the first hour, we had an extensive interview with Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills, the website GreenMountainGrills.com, and we talked a lot about their new Prime line of cookers, Prime, heavier chassis. You got the storage shelf underneath the chassis. You got the heavier all-around feel of the cookers themselves. 12-volt power, which is helping with motor control. That's increasing your pellet efficiency. Now, there weren't hard numbers put on it, but I believe Jason said that there were some pretty outstanding reports. Why MMV? Try it out for yourself. Same cooking capacity as the classic models. Got the pellet hopper window. You got a window on the cooking chamber door so you can look down in it. Uh, Jason says, easy to clean. Of course, that was my major concern as having a grill that has a Lexan plastic something or other that is now completely smoked out and is impossible to clean. I was worried about that. Jason says, hey, little uh, steel wool and some soap and water and it'll clean up just like nice. So we'll see about that. A lot of great improvements. Check it out if you're in the market. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. You have the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone Prime line. You have the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone Classic. And, of course, you have the Davy Crockett, which is the portable one. That was the inventing of the 12-volt model. Burning the wood pellets and can go wherever you want. GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with the Embedded Correspondent. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you want. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And we are back with the Embedded Correspondence as we just got done defining barbecue entertainer. All right. Enough of that. We have a handful of minutes left to get into the second topic here, which is this. Barbecue's most recognizable names, uh, not, pit, not, not Pitmaster related, don't seem to compete in anything live fire, is that something that needs to happen in order to lend any kind of legitimacy to their name and or legacy? For instance, Bobby Flay, Michael Simon, 
Guy Fietti, Stephen Reichlin, Dr. Barbecue, Meathead, me, you, whatever. Does there need to be some type of competition in something during their career to lend them an extra level of legitimacy, whatever that means to you? And we'll start with David. No, not at all. Um, barbecue competition is only one aspect of barbecue. You can be a legend at a lot of things. You can make absolutely great tasting barbecue. You can contribute a lot to barbecue and cooking in general and never have to step foot into a competition arena. Um, especially with the price of competition going up, um, so many different sanctioning bodies with so many different rules. Uh, I just think the barrier to entry is now increasing and I don't think it's necessary for somebody to compete in barbecue to be a um, noteworthy barbecue icon. John, your thoughts? I think competition barbecue is much different than what we do in the backyard, and most competition people will agree with that. So I don't think someone winning a barbecue competition lends any credence to them teaching me or entertaining me about what I'm going to do in the backyard. Steve? No, they don't. You don't need to compete at all. Um, competing in um, cooking food for a contest is you're not cooking much food. There, as far as cooks go, they're easy. The the hard thing about doing barbecues when you do one for, you know, thirty people. That's when it gets hard. That's when you're, you know, prepping, uh, you know, fifty butts, pulling fifty butts at when it's over. That's that's hard. That that's what um. That's what makes you, I think, a real pit master. There's a, there's a lot of people, uh, and, and and in some respect, I'm one of them. I uh, I can do four meats pretty good, and that's about it. So um, uh, you know, and, uh, and just being a contest cook doesn't uh, doesn't mean anything other than you can cook four meats pretty good. Uh, it's uh, I, I you know I think a guy like uh, a Darren Worth that owns a restaurant, Chris Lilly, uh, those guys that are restaurateurs that do it for a living, Melissa Cookson. Uh, Myron, uh, Ray, to some extent, uh, they're the ones that are the real, um, you know, they can, they can hang that moniker of barbecue entertainer on their back and wear it with confidence because they've, they've, they've earned it, uh, probably more than anybody. Doug, your thoughts, does, does there need to be any type of competition that takes place over some of these well-known names? Um, I, I think it helps with a pedigree. So I, I think a background helps in terms of if you are a competition cook and, and you've done well, et cetera, I think that gives you a, an advantage. Um, now, the other people like that you mentioned, Flay and Simon, et cetera, they're trained culinary chefs. We can always, we as uh, cooks, uh, barbecue cooks or whatever, we can always learn from them, you know, uh, Sam Zion, et cetera. Dr. Barbecue, he's competed um, you know, not recently, um, <clears throat> but probably no better example is um, Meathead and Stephen Reichland. You know, Stephen Reichland in all of his books and and Meathead in all of his research and and uh, debunking myths, etc. Um, those are probably two of the people that have done so much research. Reichland traveling all around the world and uh, Meathead in his scientific experiments. I think that's uh, exhibit 1A and 1B of why you don't necessarily need to be a competition cook. If they went out, you know, I've heard, I should ask Meathead the next time that he is on, but I've, I think I recall him saying that there was no benefit for him to go out and compete, especially if he went out to some contest and he fell on his face. 
to the point where I think he was saying it, it could potentially be detrimental for him and the brand or if he went out and he got smacked around that for some reason legitimacy would drop off. He wouldn't gain it by just showing up and trying that if he got smacked around a little bit, legitimacy would drop off. John, do you think that that should weigh in at all, or do you think that's uh, just him being a little bit more self-absorbed? If I was him, I'd be in the same boat. And and what's to prove? He's not – competition's not what he's giving us. It's not the same product. Um, it's barbecue, but it's not the same. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm all for him. Not, I wouldn't do it either. I'm, I'm sticking with Meathead. Uh, Steve, do you think that uh, it would hurt Meathead if he got smacked around at a contest? Uh, might hurt his feelings. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't think anything less of him because I know what contests are like firsthand. So uh, no, it wouldn't. It it wouldn't with me. It wouldn't. It wouldn't matter one way or the other. I'd still respect him. What about you, David? Uh, it's a tough question because if he's going to take the chance to compete, he's saying, "Hey, I can compete. I, I want to be a competitor." If he got smacked around, yeah, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't have the competition chops. Uh, I, I'd say it'd be better, than, you know, not to compete and leave what his uh, legacy is, which is researcher, educator, uh, etc. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tying up a little bit on this one because obviously I feel the number of emails uh, during the course of the week that say, "Hey, why don't you go out and compete? You talk to all these top level competitors, and you should go out and compete and see what it's like." and I've always maintained that what I do is completely separate from cooking. Certainly, I feel I have a certain skill set in the backyard, and the folks that I live around seem to enjoy what I'm cooking, and I'll take any of their free kudos in exchange for the free food that they're eating. But what are they going to tell me, that it sucks and they're still going to come and eat my free food? Probably not, which we kind of all realize as we do this whole cooking thing. But I, also, if I had a yearning to test my barbecue up against somebody else, then, of course, I would go ahead and start to look at competing. But I just don't have any uh, internal fire in that regard to say, well, I want to see where my barbecue stacks up with everybody else. I don't give a shit where my barbecue stacks up with everybody else. I'm pretty happy with what I have, and that's it. I don't need to go out and see because what I would be cooking at a competition isn't what I would be cooking at home. And I don't know if I want to spend that money at this point to go around and get smacked. I'm not worried about looking foolish. Of course, I would go in there and probably get smacked down pretty handily. And I oh, would know will. that going into. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. So uh, that's why. Now, stay competition, that is a little bit different. And I would say... There's a 99% chance that I'm going to go and do the State Cook-Off Association competition that's going to be in Hartville in mid-June this coming year uh, just to try it out. But again, I'm not going to be uh, – I'm putting myself at an immediate disadvantage. I'm not going to go and tie my steak up in a string and do all this weirdo trimming stuff. I am going to season it uh, and all that good stuff, but I'm not going to try and – blend in with everybody and probably in Hartville I can get away with just doing an overall browning of the meat instead of having to lay on the grill marks because those judges aren't probably accustomed to seeing a lot of state cook-off association events anyway so I can probably get away with doing it Doug you're shaking your head you think I'm off base on that 
Don't they show pictures of steaks with grill marks and mm. the striping? You know, I don't know it, if it, they show the outside or if it's just the inside uh, that they show for judging uh, doneness. And 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 do they have to be kind of trained in some some way, shape, or form, or they're trained on the spot? Uh, it might be like a night before kind of a thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think they show striping on the steaks in terms of mm. oh, this looks good. Hmm. Well, now I'm Mike, worried. Yeah, Greg, you need to be striping and you need to be tying that steak too. Yeah, well, I mean, don't don't go down. Don't go up no. there. No, Steve, the congratulations. You've talked me out of it. No, you've no, talked me out of it. No, 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 no. Why do I, I think you need to check on the striping though? Let me tell you but, what I think. I think we don't need to be conforming. I think we need to be exactly. we need to be rewarding out of the box. We need to be rewarding creativity. We don't need to be having another fort conforming again to where you feel if you got to step you should never feel like stepping out of the box is going to penalize you to the point where you're not going to win or you don't want to risk. It will, Greg. Greg. It's not an art gallery, it's a contest. Yeah, but but you know what? The very first competition I competed in, I I took the better part of my life growing up trying to develop chicken with crispy skin. That's what I like to eat. Everybody wants it. I go into a contest. The judge, and I knew nothing about competition barbecue. The judge remarks, your skin was too crispy. Come on. Get out of here. Who The bite through skin is this made up thing. Nobody really wants to eat bite through skin. I want crispy skin and that's penalized. I don't understand that almost single-handedly let me realize competitions are not how I cook for my friends and family. That's not how I want to eat. Well, if you're going to compete, you got to though, David, I mean, you can, Fair you, enough. that's why I don't want to compete. Okay. I'm with Greg. It's Hartville. Okay. It's, Hartville. it's yeah. the first SCA in Ohio. He's got a good shot. Let him try it. Do it, Greg. Go down there. Do I it. I'm do ready it. to come down there and do, do it, it, too. I'm going to grow Weber kettle. I can't grow grates. I, I don't. Go down. You can do it. It's Hartville. They don't understand. You got a shot, man. I'll sponsor you to go. Well, I, I can do it. I live right here for crying out. Thank you, John. Wow. But it's Steve's fault. He talked me out of it, so you have to take it up with him. No. All right, uh, quickly, we're rapidly running out of time, just like 2019 is rapidly coming to a close. No. So is our monthly segment. Guys, and we'll start with Doug. If you were a billionaire and you had a proclivity for hookers, what would be your process in securing said hookers? Boy, this is a great PC con uh, conversation. So, number one, you never put yourself in this kind of situation. I don't even like to watch those shows like The Affair and stuff like that where there's cheating and stuff like that. It, it just it, it, it makes me nervous and I don't like it. But I did research. If I was a billionaire, I would go to countries where it's legal, legal. And there are 15 countries where uh, that sort of activity is somewhat or – all the way legal. Hmm. Denmark, Finland, Costa Rica, Argentina, Canada. It, it's uh, Belgium, Belize, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, Switzerland, the Netherlands, uh, Mexico, and Spain. So, yeah, write them down, fellas. Write them down. That's where I would go, where it's legal. John, your take? 
I didn't give up much thought. Uh, first of all, I'm going to maintain plausible <laughs> deniability. I'm hiring Greg Rempe to be my whole bag man, and then then I'm good. He's going to take care of the stuff. I don't know nothing. I just thought she loved me because I was a millionaire. <laughs> billionaire, John. Billionaire. Oh, with a B. sorry. Billionaire. Simple. That's right. You're, you're my whole bag man, Greg. Uh, John, or I'm sorry, David, your thoughts? Uh, all I'll say is if I was a billionaire, it wouldn't be much different than, than it is for me now. I'd do it the same way. Uh, do you want to shed some light on that, David? I'm sorry? Do you want to shed some more light on that? Uh, no, not at all. I just wouldn't change a thing. All right, Steve, your take? Man, I don't know. You know, he's got seven rings now, six Super Bowl rings and a um, prostitution ring. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> you, you know, I've never, hey, guys, I've never even been to a strip club. I, I, don't, even, I don't know anything about that stuff. All right, well, here's my advice. If I was a billionaire, and I had a proclivity for hookers, I would not be going down to Jupiter, Florida, to some strip mall where there's, and this is the worst part of the whole story here, guys. I mean, all kidding aside here on the whole hooker side of things and whatever that means to Mr. Kraft. I mean, there's there's a whole sex ring and human trafficking ring that they're exploring here right now that these a lot of these women could have been being held uh, against their will. I mean, from a humanitarian standpoint, I mean, that is absolutely tragic and terrible and one of the worst things that could happen. Women being held against their will, being forced to perform sex acts on dudes that probably know what's going on. That is horrible. All that aside, if I was a billionaire and I had a proclivity for hookers, I would fuel up my G. 650 because I'm a billionaire and I can afford the 650 and I would fly to Nevada. Hello. I would wait the one and one half hours it would take to fly from where I am in Cleveland to jet out to the Las Vegas where prostitution is legal and I would buy out the bunny ranch or whatever whore house I can afford to buy out for the weekend and just go absolutely bonkers. And then I would fly back to Cleveland and resume regular life. What is this guy doing? Oh, my Lord. Anyway. Orchids of Asia. Orchids of Asia. Wow. Uh, 2.5 rating on uh, Yelp. (laughs) Uh (laughs) They better crank it up. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the fourth Tuesday of the month, you can find the embedded correspondence giving great advice on if you were a billionaire and you liked hookers or in David's case, nothing would change. <laughs> Things would stay uh, as they are. Good for you, Dave. Congratulations. Uh, it's the Embedded Correspondence segment, guys. Appreciate it, and we will see you again next month. There they are. The Embedded Correspondence. Doug, Steve, David, John. Let me get out of there. Let me run this, and we are ready to go. Brian Guerrero, speak the knowledge, Greg. Of course. Of course. I mean, how hard is it? You can't be that guy and put yourself in that situation twice in successive days. It's like uh, Jim Rome was saying the other day. The first time, maybe you get away with it. The second time you show up, that's hard to explain. I don't understand how you put yourself in that spot. All right, stick around. Uh, We will wrap the show right after this.
Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to the Embedded Correspondents, Doug Scheiding from Texas, Steve Ray from Oklahoma, David Huff. <laughs> Steve Ray from Tennessee, David Huff from Oklahoma, John Solberg from Michigan, covering mostly barbecue entertainers. So if you're just tuning in now, you will get it on podcast this coming Thursday and a new best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less on Friday. First hour will be released in a matter of Jimmy minutes, Burns pretty much. All right, Ohio, Jimmy Burns. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. Legal ID that is not required by the internet. And we head out all the way back in the first hour. It was Jason Baker, Green Mountain Grills, talking about the prime line, the big pig. What is now the choice line, where the differences is, where the differences are. We also talked with Matt Eads, the Grill Seeker, grillseeker.com. Don't forget to join the hashtag United by Flame movement. His new books, Grill Seekers, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling, drops April 9th. You can pre-order right now on Amazon. You can go to my website and click on the Grill Seeker logo, and that will take you right to it. And then in the second hour, it was embedded correspondence, talking about barbecue entertainers, seeing if having to compete legends, uh, lends any more legitimacy to some of the most recognizable barbecue names out there currently. And also what you would do if you liked hookers and you were a billionaire. How would you handle that? Big show planned for you next week already. We will be in the last or the last month of the first quarter of 2019. Ray Lampy joins me. Malcolm Reed joins me as well as others. September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>